godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. going on everybody welcome to commuters communion a devotional appetizers for the godly on the go my name is terrence moore of course at rhythm and redemption and you know what our goal is at commuters communion for you to be spiritually fed through your communion with christ even if you got to stop by the drive-thru today what we have on the menu knowledge is power It's a known and widely accepted saying today that goes, knowledge is power. What also holds true is that if knowledge is power and that if any type of power with that, there's a burden, then we can also probably understand that with knowledge, there also comes a burden. So basically, you know, as you know more, there's more options, more responsibilities, more impact on each other. There's more to be concerned about. That's why babies are so carefree and they're so pure, right? Their little worlds are, and their knowledge that comes with that is just so small. Their circle of concern. They don't got to do nothing but just worry about where their next meal coming from and just making sure they can get all the love they can get. And for grown-ups, it's the opposite, right? Your concerns grow as your knowledge and responsibility does as well. That's why the main point for today is this. While knowledge is power, for us, knowledge means worry. For God, knowledge means care. Within God's knowledge of us, personally, our needs and our sins, within his knowledge of those three things, the dynamics of his relationship with us, considering his knowledge of all three of those things, consistently denote a deep care of us. So, as God knows us personally, it's not a knowledge that's characterized by burden and responsibility that drains him or by burden and responsibility that disincentivizes him from engaging with us. It's a relationship that, because of that knowledge, is driven towards a deep intimacy. For God to know us is for him to care for us. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. If God knew us and cared for us before we even had a form or shape, how could the formation or shaping of circumstances distract him from that act of caring for us? His knowledge of us is assurance. For him to know us is to know that we are cared for. So again, it's the opposite. Um, while knowledge for, is power for us, while knowledge means worry for God, knowledge means care. And that also applies in how he knows our needs for God to know your needs is for him to care about them. In Matthew chapter seven, verses nine through 11, it reads for which one of you, if his son asks for him for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so that verse basically paints to us that within God's nature is to be a provider, to be generous, to be caring. And 
as he says in that scripture, if a good father's son um, asks for something, what type of father would give him the opposite? And if we do that as fickle people, Lord knows what he does as a gracious and all-powerful and good God. And so for him to know our needs should be formula enough for us to not worry, for us to know they're taken care of. I think sometimes, basically, like sometimes it can be very easy for us to, um, yeah, to question, is he going to come through for us uh, within our needs? But I think we should start to associate the knowledge of our needs for God that's instantly associated with the provision of our needs. And I know, I know it's hard. It's natural for us to worry about what we need, but it's also natural for God to know, be mindful of, and then provide what we need. And our prayer should be that for what um, is natural for him to divinely and supernaturally undermine what's natural for us. So in God knowing our needs is for him to care about them. Lastly, God knows your sin. God knows your sin, past, present, and future. And if you are found in him through faith, if you've declared him to be your Lord, he not only knows it, but he's exercised his power over it. So that sin is no longer the primary label of who you are and how you're treated. You're treated as if your primary label is Christ and his taintless record, his perfect reputation his perfect obedience and holiness um, before his father that's how you're treated that's the label that you're given and so for him to know our sin is no longer bad news if you've declared yourself um, his in by faith through the sacrifice of his son so again for God to know uh, these things that would inherently distance us from him if you are if you're a Christian, that's no longer intimidating. That's no longer a source of worry. That's no longer a source of concern. You've repented. You've confessed those sins. You've turned away from them. And now you can know that God's knowledge of those things is now pointing to a source of redemption and of power. And that's a wonderful testimony. That's the power of the gospel. So for your to-go plate today, as we think about just the main point of just um, whereas knowledge is power and for us that means worry for God knowledge means care as we think about those things there's to go plate to think on the question this question are there any aspects of your life where your knowledge of something overshadows the importance of God's knowledge of something where your knowledge and the worries that we that come with that and that we carry the burdens that come with that is more important and has more dominance over your emotions and faith than his knowledge of it and the power and encouragement that should come that from the fact that he knows and cares for um, and that that care is integral to his knowledge. You can't have one without the other. For God to know is for him to care. And so are there any areas of your life where, the, where, where that's the case? If so, think about that. Take that up with the Father. I'm going to pray for us and send y'all about the rest of your day. Dear Lord, thank you so much for being a God, oh Lord, who has never been found distant from who he's created. Never been found distant from his children. 
to God, even when one of the even when one of your sheep leaves um, to God, you will pursue that one and leave the 99. Oh, God, just to bring that one back to the fold. Oh, Lord, because to know the composition of us as sheep, to know our our proneness to wander, to know, oh, Lord, uh, how many times we've wandered before is for you to care deeply about those. Um, and as a good shepherd, oh, Lord, you've never let you never let um, that escape you. You've not lost one yet. So we thank you for that. We pray that you would overwrite our minds and our tendency to worry, overwrite our minds and our tendency to associate knowledge, um, knowledge with, with, um, yeah, God, idolatry, knowledge with um, independence. Oh, Lord, there's no independence is associated with with growth and um, maturity here. Oh, Lord, to be found needy and dependent on you is where you want us. And so help each of us with that, O Lord. We know that you care deeply, O God, because we know that you've known us deeply. And so increase our knowledge of that and help us in our walk with you by faith and through your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for riding, for listening. I think that's 20 episodes where we in this thing. We're keeping it moving. Um, if Commuters Communion has been a blessing to you, don't forget to subscribe, to like it, to review, um, and to share it. Fix it to go play for somebody else. And so, of course, until next time, I'll see y'all then. And as always, stay fed. <laughs>